Previously on the Fable Forge. I take a deep breath mm-hmm. and I march towards my mom. Daisy Truehold is your mother. She was a former adventurer. She is a big person. Hello, mother. What are you holding? The narrator at the beginning of the adventure said his name was Stick Boy. They said it would be fine if we looked after him. He reaches out, touches Daisy on the forehead, and his eyes light up a brighter blue. Yeah, that's the charge in there, all right, Corey. Mm-hmm. Coriander, yeah? Yes, Coriander, yes. we, We go way back. Yes, so sure. Corey's older sister is like best friends with you. Yep. Gonna go check in with Lenora. Good night, all. <laughs> night. What is Big Dog? Her name is Malaria. She is a giant wolf spirit. Nobody's seen Malaria for like a hundred years. The militia sort of fan out around the like pad to look at it and kind of light it up with torches. Something went terribly wrong up here. A large body has fallen and been drug away deeper into the forest. Is your heart ready to be warmed by friendship? Is your mind ready to be intrigued by mystery? Is your body ready to be awed by magic? Then you're ready for The Fable Forge. So we see Torn as he walks down the uh, the snowy stone paved streets. There's still a few people awake. You know, the taverns are still in full swing. It's only it's only eleven or ten thirty, eleven at night at this point. You walk down the familiar street to a familiar house. The street lights are lit by the charge, so there's like this blue light that is very cold, especially with the snow, and it's lit up the face of this little house. Which I think are like row houses, sort of like Victorian England. Sure, sure. And all of them are dark at this time of night. This is where families and things live. You know, some of the upper floors still have some light on. People are reading. But this familiar house has light, like warm, golden light, shining sort of invitingly through the front windows. And you walk up and you knock on the door. There's a couple moments of silence, and then you hear light footfalls on the wooden floor, and the door opens, and it's your old friend Lenora, Truehold. She is not a tall person, five foot six or so. She has long, dark hair that falls in ringlets. She's in her night night clothes. She's in a long night dress, and her hair is loose, and her eyes are bright blue um, that stands out in contrast to her her light brown skin. And uh, she takes a look at your tired hangdog appearance and she she has a candle in her hand and she sets it down, helps you inside. And she has you sit and takes off your shoes for you, your cute boots. She brings you in to the living room where she has a nice warm fire going. She has since she had word that you were in town from our friend Aggie who can't keep her mouth shut. She's set up a Torin bed, which is like a dog bed, but for Torins. And it's more for her sake than for yours. <sighs> you don't really care about a hard floor because you have a shell, but it makes her feel better. Basically just like a big mattress stuffed with down. As you settle in, she piles blankets on you and stokes the fire and makes sure it's going good. And she sort of pats you on the back of the shell and kisses your forehead. She pads on up to bed. And uh, we will swipe cut to the morning where you are awakened by a tiny half elf, half Lenora child (laughs) jumping on your back. Her name is Aubrey. The last time you saw her, she was a year younger, probably couldn't walk very well. She is very excited to see you. You know, she she's, you know, Orin, 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 like she's trying to get you to wake up because 
she wants to talk to you because you're her guest and uh, they don't get a lot of guests and she remembers you from last time and she likes you and you're a giant turtle and what kid doesn't want to be best friends with a giant turtle yeah, for real what do you do i get the sense that like you know she is on my shell kind of hanging her head over like staring into the yeah. the neck hole yeah. because i am retracted <laughs> into my shell mm-hmm. right um, that's how you sleep yep I just very slowly reach out one arm and uh, you know leave my head in and just kind of gently feel around on top of my shell and kind of deliberately miss where she is like start yeah. lower yeah and then kind of pat my she way thinks that's up. hilarious right. yeah she's like laughing her ass off it's like a where are you exactly where are i can't find you where is aubrey right so i i pat my way up and who who is this <laughs> Who are you and what are you doing on my shell? She just, she just laughs. And then I stick my head out, blink a couple times. (laughs) The sun is barely up and there are no adults in sight. This is like Christmas morning for this little girl. She like came down for a glass of milk and was like, there's a turtle in front of my fire. And I, I say, Aubrey, that is who you are, right? She nods. It's been a while since I've been here. And you do look rather different. Did you get shorter? She's like, no, I got taller. And she holds up three fingers and she goes, I'm three now. <laughs> like you're stupid. Not like yeah. mean, like that way kids do when adults are being dumb. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not shorter, duh, I'm three. Like Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm three, I'm huge now. Right. Yeah, this is the largest I have ever been. Correct. <laughs> and I say, well, it happens. I have a package for an Aubrey. That's kind of weird, huh? She gasps and she like looks like back and forth. She's not willing to like leave your presence mm-hmm. to go look. She's just like, is it? Over there, I don't, I don't see anything. Right. And I say, well, it's in your house right now. So we can go find it together, but we have to be quiet because we can't wake up your mom. She agrees. So you go, you go look for it. Yeah. But then I get up and <laughs> Torin being quiet is not very quiet. <laughs> and so it's the sort of thing of like, we're going to be quiet. Right. 400-ish pound turtle on wooden floors. That are used to an elf and a small humanoid creature and a smaller humanoid creature. Exactly. So I didn't describe this little girl to you. You You didn't, You didn't have your head out. Right. She has straight black hair, which falls to her shoulders. It's neatly trimmed, and she is of a much lighter complexion than her mother. Her eyes are the same bright blue. Um, She has slightly pointed ears. She has two... These are new since the last time you saw her. She has two little, like, horn nubs that haven't broken skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Her mother does not have horns, but you do know that the true holds that... Many of the true hold children do. It's kind of like redheadedness. Maybe it skips yeah, a generation. Yeah, it's, it's skipped. It's it skipped her. She's just kind of an average chubby little three year old. She's wearing her blue nightdress and has a lot of energy. And it's very early. <laughs> As you you pound around downstairs, the patriarch of the house actually is the first one who gets oh. up. He's not wearing his pajamas. He's actually dressed. One of us has to be in a full business suit. I know. In his in his work robes. He's uh he's a healer. He's always been an early riser like every time you come visit. He's usually <sighs> up before you are. He's got tea ready. Classic healer. I know. Always <laughs> getting up early, making tea, making coffee, Gross. reading his devotions or something probably. Probably. God. Um, his, did he do yoga? I bet he did yoga. He probably did yoga. <laughs> I yeah. already hate this guy. <laughs> his name's Jordan. He's a high elf. His face claim is Orlando Bloom. He has the same long black hair as 
his daughter, well, his daughter has the same long black hair as he does. He wears it tied back in a braid to keep it out of his way in a fashion that is not common among elves, um, but is the way he has always worn his hair as long as you have known him, has a swath of bangs that hang down over his left eye and his left ear, which you know are both missing. It's to hide them, basically. I don't know. Have you ever had a conversation with him about that? Or is that something you would know? I feel like we have... We've known each other long enough because Lenora and I have been friends for a long time. I've probably known them for a decent part of their relationship. Probably, yeah. Remind me, am I... How old is Lenora? Am I older than her or younger? How old are you? 30s. She's younger than you are. She's about 23. Okay. I don't know him well, but we've definitely had some conversations. Sure. Um, He's young for an elf. He's about 150. Sure. Just a little guy. He is. Yeah. Yeah. You know then that he wears his hair this way, not because he's like ashamed of it, but he doesn't want to scare some of his patients or children. He never told you the story, but you you got the impression it's not something. It's probably something Lenora knows, but it's really not something. It's something sad. It's clearly something that causes him a great deal of like mental anguish and Mm -hmm. and emotional anguish. But he did tell you that when he's at home, when he's not working, he's more likely to just sweep it back off of his face. Mm -hmm. He's not ashamed of people to see it, but when he's at work, he covers it up. It's like a tattoo. Yeah. Like... You, when you're in a professional environment, you don't want people to see your tattoos. It's getting less and less that way in 2018. Right. But like the idea that like you have a big neck tattoo and you wear a turtleneck, it's kind of like that. Right. Yeah. And it's, you don't want to have to explain it to every single person who comes in. It's right. not relevant to your job. It mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to do with like, and he probably didn't always wear it that way. <laughs> it probably was that he was just like, well, whatever, this is just how it is and got tired of mm-hmm. having to be like well something happened duh like I don't, why are we talking about this let me fix your broken leg <laughs> yeah uh you guys are sort of tromping around at the bottom of the stairs as he comes down from mm-hmm. upstairs and he's sl- he says uh oh Torin, you are here it's good to see you uh, what are you doing there was a aubrey goes present <laughs> his eyebrow goes up kind of gesture to what aubrey said and i say her her grandparents seem to have sent something. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, we're looking for it. Whose parents are they supposed to be, Gardner? I'm guessing his. He looks a little flummoxed at that. And I just, like, I'm just the male character. Yeah, no, no, I he doesn't, he's not, like, questioning you about it. Yeah. He's just kind of like, oh, uh, hmm, how odd. All right, uh, well, you have fun. I'm going to go, um... Make tea, which you're welcome to, and a little bit of breakfast for my wife and for my child and uh, for you if you'd like some. I think Lenora went and got you some vegetables. Wonderful. And then uh, I will be off to work. But you two, uh, good hunting, he says, and he pats Aubrey on the head on Uh, his way to the kitchen. (laughs) And I say, Aubrey, there was um, a closet back there that I don't know that we investigated the top shelf of. Why don't you go scout it out? Uh, I'll be right back and I'm going to break off to talk to Jordan. Sure. First off, just just kind of help him out in the kitchen. Oh, sure. Um, Because I imagine like one, he's an elf, so he probably doesn't rearrange things very often. Mm -hmm. And like I'm imagining that I know where things are. Right. So I kind of just busy myself helping him and what have you. Sure. It's very comfortable to be here. He works around you very well. It's very easy for him to get or even though you're clumsy, mm-hmm. he's like dexterous enough to make up for it. Yeah. And he doesn't seem at all bothered that you're there. It it he's very warm and welcoming presence. He's happier he's just as happy you're there as Lenora is. And Aubrey's banging around in the next room. <laughs> Presumably taking things out of the closet, which is fine. I feel like I directed her to like the shoe closet yeah, or something, like yeah. something non-threatening. But yeah, I mean, it's a three-year-old. Three-year-old lives in this house. Right. It's, it's baby-proofed for the most part. Yeah. Um, and he kind of laughs and he's like, well, she certainly found the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can hear thump, 
thump. <laughs> she like throws them one by one out of this closet. I say, is, is before we look any further, you've never exactly talked about your parents? It, I don't want to pry, but is this something that you'd rather look at before your no, daughter goes? No, I just didn't know they had any idea where we lived, let alone that he, they cared that I had a daughter. But I, I'm sure it's something expensive and beautiful that she'll break in two days, and that's that's what it is. <laughs> well, it was... Um, I picked it up in Nomad, uh, what, a few months ago, and they had paid to have it shipped to Oasis more than anything. It was addressed to, what's his last name? Probably True Hold. You took the True Hold name. You could throw a rock just in this direction and a True Hold would find it. Well, that's true enough, isn't it? Jordan's relationship with his parents is good, bad, other? Uh, it's bad. It's a bad relationship. The package, when you find it. I find it? Yes. It was in my bag. Yes. Like, I, oh, I, what a surprise. I assumed. Yeah. What it says on it is that it is from Grandma and Grandpa Kastner to our granddaughter, Aubrey. I'm trying to think how they'd know her name. Oh, it could just say our granddaughter to their It doesn't. Aggie. It doesn't matter. Aggie, um, Aggie told them. For her third birthday. It used to be, my, my dad tells this story that him and his pen pal, she could write Dean Kallenbach Prairie Farm and stick it in the mail. And the mail uh, person sure. knew oh, who that yep. was. Mm-hmm. They just wrote Aubrey Kastner Oasis and stuck it in the mail and paid a heavy fee and assumed that the mail carriers in Oasis would figure out who this three-year-old named Aubrey in Oasis was. <laughs> Gotcha. Who was getting a fancy present from who you know are a very influential family in a faraway city called Winderwold. Winderwold. Which is huge. This is a family. They are not royalty, but they are akin to like... Lesser nobility. Yeah. It is not a name that would be recognized here, but it is a name that if you went further east, it would be more and more likely to be recognized. So what's what's in the box? So as I as I give this to her, there's like there's a seal. There's a a, a wax seal that is in braided vines and thorny flowers. Mm-hmm. But as the seal is broken, basically that seal is all the postage they needed mm-hmm. because basically you can just take that seal off bring it back to them and get payment. Sure. Um, but you have or, to go all the way the fuck back to Winterworld. Right. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> the other thing, which is when, and actually I feel like Aubrey tries to just like rip it apart. Sure. It's a present. Um, She's yeah. three. <laughs> um, and I show her that you have to break the seal and then the ink recedes, mm-hmm. like it's pulled into the seal and then you can open it and sure. there's some sort of magic involved, it seems. Tied to the person it's getting to, right. I assume. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it also will alert the accountants, basically. But what she finds inside is two wrapped objects. One that's fairly long. It's about three feet long, actually. It's a yardstick. Every kid loves a yardstick. Yeah. As she unwraps them, one is a very finely made sword. The longer of the two. And the other is a bracer. Damn. For a (laughs) three-year-old? Yeah, it seems appropriate. Read the room, Grandma. (laughs) I feel like these are, especially for a traditional family. Sure. These are things that you... This is like an heirloom. Right. Maybe there are also like wooden copies of these in the, the package as well. And so basically it's like, okay, here's this one which you will give to this child when they are a hundred. Mm-hmm. I think it actually is the the vibe that I am getting from the casters, and maybe I'm incorrect in this, but I was thinking, what is something that a, a healer would not want to have mm-hmm. a relationship with? And that is a very traditional <laughs> right. militaristic family. Right. Um, and so I think that this is, that this is, here is the, 
the blade, the tool of an elven warrior. Sure. The sword and the magical defense. And then here are the small wooden versions that you're going to use to train your child. Here's the heritage uh, and here's the heritage at home sure. kit. Oh and this God. is what you wear on your belt when you're old enough to yeah. represent us on right. you know, whatever oh. battlefield you maybe oh, choose to command on. Exactly. I, I totally get this because if I had a child, my parents would send them religious literature and I would be like, no, right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to raise my kid like this. Exactly. But that's what's happening. Uh, yeah, I got you. He reacts as, you know, we would expect, maybe not how Torn would expect because elves are weird. Yeah. Um, elves are weird. He is very obviously trying to rein in some sort of terrible anger tempered with a grief. And oh. he sort of says under his breath, you know, they had no right to send these to her. He takes the sword and the real sword and the bracer um, carefully from you. Yeah. And I feel like I, can I make a history check just sure. to see? So that's a 21. Okay. What do you want to know? Well, basically I'm, I'm guessing that Torin would grasp the importance of what he was looking at sure. when he unwrapped it. And so... Well, yeah, he knows this family right. are of them. Yeah, he sort of like puts two and two together and he's he moves to like, oh, let's just get the sword <laughs> yeah. away. Right. And then just sort of looks at uh, Jordan over Aubrey's head as Aubrey is starting to like swing this wooden sword right. around. Right. like shit man right i didn't know uh this is sort of akin to like being a holistic healer and having an admiral as a father and he is not a person in your experience who is prone to anger at all which is part of why you like him and sort of let him date lenora because mm -hmm. she is a very sweet person as we will find out um yes. He is not a person who is prone to anger. That's part of what makes him a good healer. It's part of what makes him a charming person. And he's clearly quietly furious and not at you. I mean, this isn't your fault. He sort of shares the shit man look with you and um, reaches out his hand and takes the, the real weapons from you. And he walks back upstairs and returns empty handed. He looks a little shell shocked and he says to you, do you mind? I, I have to get to work and um, Lenora's still sleeping. Will you please let, she can keep the sword. Just, will you keep an eye on her? I I have to go and I'm very sorry. No, uh, go. It's, if she, go. If, she, if she hits you with it, take it away. <laughs> I will, I will do that. Yes. He pats you on the shoulder, just sort of reaffirming that he is not, this is not, he does not blame you in right. any way for this. And I, I sort of also, Pat him yeah. back. On a certain level, Torin has tried to... I mean, obviously, Jordan and Lenora are a team. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Torin has just tried to be as available as possible. And so he's just trying to be the comforting, dependable yeah. person that Jordan needs right now. Yeah, sure. Um, he's a good friend. Yeah. So he leaves and Aubrey has a great time swinging this little wood sword around until she gets bored of it and sets it down and starts using the bracer as a little boat for her dolls mm -hmm. and she's sort of absorbed she's more interested in using the bracer as a boat sure she also heard her dad say she gets it gets taken away if she like hits mm -hmm. somebody with it which she knows you will do and for a normal kid that might be incentive to actually do the thing but she doesn't she doesn't for whatever reason because kids have their own logic and uh kind of ignores you now in favor of her new boat <laughs> doll boat i mean that's got. pretty cool <laughs> yeah a doll boat about a half hour passes and then um lenora makes her way downstairs she's she's dressed as well she has a a simple purple peasant top and a simple like dark black skirt on um and True. an apron it's a functional outfit she smiles when she sees you and she says, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're awake. You clearly slept well. You look a lot better. I feel a lot better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can tell. I'm going to this afternoon, if you're interested. Well, this morning, I guess. I have to run some things to my mother's and I was going to take Aubrey with me. She usually stays there. 
to be taken care of if I'm off to do other things. If you wanted to do some shopping, we could do that together, but we could have lunch care of my mother if you wanted to do so. I assume Jordan fed you. Uh, yes, he did. <laughs> he, he fed me. Um, I'm not starving by any means, but your mother does lay a fairly good table. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't pass it up. Well, I agree with that. I feel like central to Torin's character is I could eat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Basically. Right. All right, all you Fable Forge folks. How you doing tonight? Today? When are you listening to this podcast? How'd you like all those sweet British accents? Those are pretty great, right? We're so good at this. We wanted to thank all of you for listening. And the response to the podcast so far has been just breathtaking. You've been overwhelmingly kind. And the responses that I've gotten from friends and strangers alike has just been overwhelmingly positive. And you're all very, very sweet. And we super appreciate it. I do want to take a moment to thank all of the people who rated and reviewed us on iTunes. We have Hogson, K Squared 67, and Jorgen Palm. They all left incredibly sweet reviews. Jorgen Palm just straight up Jedi mind sucked all of my inspiration ideas right out of my brain and put them onto paper, which I was really impressed with and flattered by, honestly. We also want to thank our Patreons. We do have a few new ones this week already, which is amazing. We have Kine, who donated $3, which gives them access to our Discord and the ability to submit a magical item every month. We also have Betty and Rachel, who gave $5 a month. They get everything that Kine gets, and they also get a character named after them. We have already reached our first goal, and we're only a month into this podcast, and that's bananas. We are super grateful for everyone who's given money or shared our podcast with anybody that's made this possible. It's covered our hosting fees, so we don't have to pay those out of pocket anymore, which is really, really lovely. Our next large Patreon goal, of which we have a few, if you'd like to go check out the website and see what those are, uh, our next goal is $50 a month. And at $50 a month, we will start offering merch. actually have someone lined up who is ready, willing, and able to make patches of our logo. So that would be awesome if we could get that rolling. Even a dollar helps. So if you feel like 50 cents an episode is within your budget, give us whatever you feel comfortable with. We super appreciate any thing you can do. If it's just not in the cards right now, we all understand that. We've all been there. It's totally not a big deal. We hope you still listen and you still love it. But you can share us with your friends, share us on Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you can think of. Exposure is really important at this early stage of the game and we appreciate any help you can give. And we're just really excited to share the story with as many people as possible. So go do the thing. Our next episode comes out April 9th, which is two weeks from now. We hope to see you there. I'll let you get back to Stick Boy. Okay, I love you. Bye! You guys share a pleasant morning. She doesn't even seem to notice this wooden sword. I mean, it doesn't really seem to cross her consciousness. She's very happy you're there. She's very kind of swept up in that her friend is here. And after she makes sure that Aubrey has actually eaten and used the privy, she bundles her all up and she gives you a poncho made out of blankets that she made. And the whole lot of you Bless her. head off. You make your way to the Truehold house mm-hmm. where one of the younger children, whose name I will find now, her name is Rowley. Uh, she's 10. Growly Rowley. Growly Rowley. She has long ears. Mm-hmm. She has the same dark skin as yeah. uh, most of her siblings. Except creepy eye shut, Except baby. Except creepy eye, baby. The same blue eyes as Lenora and her father, which is mm-hmm. where they got their blue eyes from. She is just kind of, I don't know, she's very studious. She's someone that you know to be just kind of serious. Like She's a little more like Corey and that she's a little insular. She kind of likes to be left alone, but she does answer the door for you and she kind of smiles and says hi and waves a little bit and steps out of the way and now you're back together.
We're back together. Lenora sweeps into the house, lets the baby go, and goes and finds her mother in the kitchen to help start making lunch. Because even though she previously implied that you were going to sit and have lunch, she is always, she can always be found helping her mother in the kitchen. That's usually where she is. So Aubrey runs off to play with her cousins and the children, the children from the orphanage who are running around. And I don't know where Corey is. I guess we can go back to Corey. What time is it? Uh, this is this is noon. We are. Oh, okay. Corey's awake. It's noon on a Saturday. So I wake up. Uh-huh. I look at Stick Boy. Uh-huh. What is he doing? He's sitting there with his eyes all blank. Blank. Like, not uh, he's not he on. looks like he looks just like an empty mask he's not on. like a doll okay i try to get out of bed without like disturbing him at the foot of the bed i try sure. to be real sneaky sure do i make it should i make yeah. a stealth check? no it's fine he doesn't move <laughs> okay okay i decide that that's th- th- this is an important part of the research that I'm doing, the, okay. you know, what I've decided yeah, is yeah. my quest now to figure out what the fuck is going on with this Shh, little boy. Sure. And so I'm, I'm going to leave him like that and slowly back up uh-huh. towards my room door uh-huh. and then go out of the room. Are you going to get dressed first? And call, Well, I mean, I okay. Just, all right. All yes. Right. Let's I slowly <laughs> put on my pants yeah. real slow. Yeah. And then I put on my shirt real slow. <laughs> All for stick boy. Sultry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he it's notices a re- none of it. I do a reverse striptease for stick boy. Yuck. And then I, uh, and I try to leave. I close the door. And I, I think I want to like, this is something. Stick boy's existence mm-hmm. has given me something to talk to my mom about. Sure. Which is something I haven't had in a long time. Sure. Because I don't really care about my mom that much. Like, she's nice and whatever. Sure. But I'm 19 and I want to do my own thing. Yeah. But she ha- she's the one that would be able to do anything with him if the charge is real and it's him and like he touched her head and he got brighter and like there's something going on with that and I do need to collaborate with my mom in some way so I feel like I'm gonna go try to see where my mom is to tell her like hey he like shut down last night and he's off sure and I haven't touched him at all and I just want to like tell her that to see if she thinks it's weird okay so I walk out of my room sure you walk out of your room and you walk downstairs in search of your mom and through the cacophony that accompanies every meal at this house that has ever been had and will ever be had and Torin is standing in the doorway sort of taking off his wintry things that Lenora wrapped him in that he didn't have yesterday Mm -hmm. yeah this this is a great instead of going to my mom right (laughs) this is a new this is a new person with an exclamation mark above their head and I'm going to focus on this one so I I say oh Torin oh welcome Coriander yeah, yes, yes, correct. You've done it again. Oh, you remembered your name. Are you are you busy right now? And I imagine at this point, like, a small child pops up <laughs> from on top of having just climbed Torin's shell. Right. Mm. No, not not really. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take the kid off and find something equally stable to climb on. They run off. Come with me. I've uh, I've got something to show you. When adults want to talk, it's inevitably boring. Goodbye. Yes, exactly. I bring Torrin up to my room Mm -hmm. and I show him Stick Boy. And I'm like, so look, uh, he he shut off. I haven't really interacted with him at all. I'm sort of afraid to say his name. I see. Which, of course, is SB. You know, don't say it though. Because he's just there. He, he the shut thought off. of this I... giant turtle standing in your doorway, staring at your room and this like, I just love the mental image that I'm having mm-hmm. right now. Yep. It's amazing. I'm intrigued because I feel like, is he, do you think he's dead? Um. Oh no, stick boy. <laughs> stick boy, you were so young or uncountably old. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so you're saying that he, he just shut down i went to bed mm-hmm. and i i told him good night and he mm-hmm. didn't care and i said i hope you like what you see and he didn't care about that either that's a and then i yeah i know it was weird but I, you know I, do, I say strange things when i'm by myself it's why i prefer to be by myself i'm divulging this to you right now and i hope you won't share it with anyone so i pull the 
covers over my head and then he just turned off and he hasn't been on since. Hmm. I haven't touched him. I'm thinking right. about touching him. Should I touch him? I, sure. Let's, let's okay. see what happens. Yes. I'm going to take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. First, mm-hmm. stick boy. I say it at him. Does anything happen? Yeah, the eyes, the <gasps> eyes light back up. I told you it was his name. I who said it wasn't his name? I'm going to find whoever mom. <laughs> I'm going to find that mom, and I'm going to tell her. I told her it was anyway. Good morning, stick boy. He does this really adorable little like. <laughs> oh, like stretches. stretches. He stretches what out is his he little stiff? Legs. He's made of wood that you know of. <laughs> I love it. I love that he's like mimicking human behavior. Yeah. Like that's what I feel like he he's stretches doing. stretches and he makes a little creaky sound. Oh, he's creaky. We need to get furniture polish. <laughs> I think he said oil can. Uh-huh. And he turns his weird little face up and looks at you. Good morning. He doesn't say anything. Uh, well, yes, that's on par. Well, <laughs> uh... So here we are. I mean, that's yes, pretty he, much all I wanted to show you. I feel like you'll probably to, start following me around again. He seems to respond to commands. Or at he, least his name, which is odd, but empowering. Step back for a moment. Would you okay. mind? Yes, no, no, no please. Uh, and I take a step toward him. And, Hello, stick boy. He puts a hand up, like really slowly. Mm-hmm. And then he puts his hand back down. Aww. He's still sitting on your bed, by yeah. the way. With his legs outstretched now, not folded, not Cute. not crisscross applesauce anymore. Okay, so it's not just you. It's not like he's responding to you specifically. Right, right. It, it's definitely I mean, that he's he's sentient. He's not some sort of uh, what's the what's construct. The word? Right, right. He he has a a world in his own head. And sure. knows his name or the name we have given him and has enough self-awareness to assume that name. All of these are possible and intriguing. He's looking at his right foot <laughs> and flexing his toes. Stick boy, are you hungry? He stops flexing, flexing his toes. Flecking his toes. <laughs> That's what stick boys do with their toes. They fleck their toes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. that means. With yeah. glitter. Yeah, with glitter. And he looks up at you and he doesn't say anything. What do you think stick boys eat? At your question, he reaches up his finger and points at Corey's forehead. Oh, it looks like they eat me. <laughs> Hair? Flesh? Maybe. The front of faces. I don't know what you mean, stick boy. You'll have to be more specific. Which, of course, is a devil's errand with your pointing. <laughs> he makes his little creaky sound. Right. And he slowly and carefully climbs down off the bed, which is very high okay. for him. Oh, no. So it's sort of a on the belly scoot, wiggle your butt, sort of slide down. Mm, I, he's made, yeah. Again, he's made of wood. I don't know what he's worried about. <laughs> um, Who knows? He... Goes to... Did you shut your door to your room? Sure. Yeah, this is secret from my... I don't want my uh, my siblings seeing this because they will, like, rip him apart. He goes to the door. Oh. And reaches for the... Oh, no. No, handle. stick boy, no, no. We, we can't go out there. Uh, they'll see you and they'll How close you. do you get to I, him? I, I try to take him and put him back on my bed. I, like, try to pick him up. He lets you pick him up, and as you do, he reaches his finger out and he touches your forehead and you feel like warmth right there. It's not unpleasant. It's just warm. Like if I peed a little bit on my head. Yeah. His finger isn't warm. Your skin gets warm. And his eyes get brighter blue. Like the light gets more intense. Like when he touched my mom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he takes his finger away and his his eyes stay lit up. Do I feel good? You don't feel any different. Okay. But he seems like he got brighter. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Now, brighter than out of character. Mm-hmm. Brighter than after he touched Daisy's head? No, he went back to when he woke up this morning. It went back to kind of when you met him, mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. So this is his like plus one form when he touches a person's brain and sucks their thoughts out. <laughs> Do I remember everything I remembered before yeah. he touched me? Yeah. Okay. You great. don't feel any different. There's okay. that little spot. Now you know why Daisy 
while yeah. your mom yeah, cause it, rubbed it, it your forehead. Felt a little weird, but it's not. It wasn't unpleasant. There. It wasn't hot. It just got warm. Okay, like someone, huh. a warm-blooded creature, pressed right. a finger to your forehead. Was that good for you? He nods. Uh, well, all right then. Uh, <laughs> I guess we've solved the mystery. There's that little rattle when he not. There's clearly something in there. Yeah, I don't know what it is. A little bit of a dead bird. It's like a little... walnut sound. Like there's mm-hmm. some rock. I like... I don't do it because I think I'm too self conscious to do it. But mm-hmm. I make a mental note to touch Stick Boy on the forehead later, mm-hmm. like he touched me, mm-hmm. to see if that's like. A thing mm-hmm. like like I'm thinking of I don't know if either of you have seen Shape of Water or if any of our listeners mm-hmm. have seen Shape of Water, but there's there's a scene where like the creature and this older man touch each other on the head as like a sign of respect, but then he also like heals his head. Sure, it's this weird, and so oh, I'm like, okay. well, maybe maybe this would just be a sign of goodwill to this little guy. Sure, or maybe I would get some of his power and my eyes would glow a little bit. But I don't do it right now because it seems like a silly idea sure. that I want to try in the privacy. It's here. like if you were younger or older than you were, it would be something you would yeah. just try. But, but right you're, now, you're like, no, no, you're no, like I, my new friend. Yeah, Torrin's here, and I just want to yeah. be cool. He's friends with my older sister. Like yeah. he's always been cooler than I am. How, can I ask? Can I, is the DM? Can yeah. I ask? How do you, how do you feel about Lenora? Do you get along well? Yeah, I think with she's her? great. Okay, I think she's smart and she knows what she wants, and she's like really respectful. Uh, she's probably a little too extroverted for me. It sounds like she's pretty gregarious. Um, and then, she probably mommed you more than Daisy mm, ever did. Mm, yeah. And so in that like way. Like in a traditional I, mom way. Right. I feel like I like her a lot. And she. She probably blocked for you. She'd be like, you'd be uh, like, I want to go. And your mom and dad would be like, no. And she'd be like, just go. Just I'll go. Tell I'll, I'll cover. In, I'll tell you. Tell them you're in bed. Just yeah. go. I think Canon, she knows me. And she knows what I like and mm-hmm. what I need as a person. Sure. And that's valuable to me because sure. not a lot of people understand what I want and need. Yeah. And so, or maybe I feel like not a lot of people understand what I want and need, but that, so I like her. Sure. I think she's cool. She sort of, in my mind, is the best of both of your parents. I think she mm. is sort of, she certainly doesn't always have her life together. And I think she's pretty open about that. Like, I don't think she tries, sure. she pretends like she's perfect, but I think she has a pretty good sense of social niceties. She can blend in the easiest of all of you. She looks the most human, which has made her life a little bit easier, probably than most of you, and made it easier for her to make friends and made it easy for her to become more open with people. Um, sure. She's a very quiet person, but I think that what that saying she is extroverted is probably true. I think she just mm-hmm. doesn't. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I just was yeah. curious as, as to how you. No, um, she cool. Yeah, she cool. I guess I, I asked Torin like, do you, if you ever want to borrow stick boy, just let me know if you have any ideas about what might make it tick or anything like that. This is, it's a little beyond me. Are you close to the bed? Sure. When you mention loaning him out, <laughs> he reaches out and sort of gently grabs the hem of your shirt. I'm sorry, I'll never loan you. <laughs> Um, I just, I just want to figure out things about you. I do want to remind Coriander that you do have a sister who works for the Oracle of Oasis. Oh, cool. Okay, so she, she is like the high, the high priestess. Okay. Um, her name is Evie. It's Everett. Is her long name. Um, she is the prophetess of Oasis. She is the one who translates what Oasis says and basically gives it out to the people. And actually, um, with that, Torrin says, I, well, I, I could ask my brother Mend, but he's, he's hard to reach at the best of times, and we haven't spoken in a few years. What about Evie? Oh, right. God. Ah, Torrin, <laughs> you've embarrassed me again. Uh, yeah, Evie would be very good, I think. In this particular instance... Yeah, she'd probably know a thing or two. I'm a little worried. She, ah, I just, yeah, I I think she'd be good to ask, but I want to poke around a bit first. I just think she's a little by the book, so to speak, and I worry that she'd want me to to give up the stick boy to the proper authorities, and that's not not what I want. She is one year older than you, 
and she is the most serious person you have met in your entire life. The number of times you've seen her smile, you can probably count on one hand. Torin, she's the most serious person <laughs> I've ever met in my life. I can count the number of times I've seen her smile on one hand. Well, I mean, Stick Boy seems to... Stick Boy. <laughs> seems... He looks at you. ...to respond to you best. If you would like me to write to my brother, I can. If I don't not, see how it could hurt. If not, I am happy to let you navigate within your own family. Evie is a practical idea, but I will... I'll probably try other avenues first. As the DM, I don't blame you. <laughs> She's the most serious person <laughs> I've ever met. Uh, Are you showing good. him, Evie? I'm showing him a picture of her, yeah. Oh, okay. That's some face there. Her name is Rihanna. <laughs> She's literally yeah. Rihanna. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I want to do more research about the stick boy. That's pretty Absolutely. much that. I'm intrigued and he's interesting to me. That's all. There's the call. The, there's the lunch bell. No, lunch bell. Yep. Yep. Which is a magical uh, implement, a practical magical oh, implement yes. in your house where um, whoever has finished lunch, it happens to be Daisy's turn today, uh, rings the bell and it rings a bell in various yeah. houses or various, cool. sorry, rooms, rooms. Uh, throughout the house. Um, so everyone knows to come. Like a little intercom. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. To come to mess, basically. Yes. Which is what it, it's a, it's a giant dining room. All right. Eating. How are you going to get Stick Boy to stay in your room? Stick Boy. Ah, uh, I go under my covers. <laughs> Roll a deception check. <laughs> I'm sleeping now. Can I, Good night, Stinkboy. Can I assist? No. Can I like yeah, turn, Torin, off, turn, off turn, the light. turn off the lights? Sure. Be like, Good night. Sure. Torrin assists, so you get advantage. Oh, oh, I get advantage, yes. Which means you get to roll twice and take the higher number. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got a 14. <laughs> I'm here for these weird pranks. Time for bed, stick boy. No. Oh, I yawn. He uh, imitates you. Oh, damn it. He does the yawn. Okay. And when you lay down, this time instead of sitting, he lays down on the foot of your bed. <laughs> it's kind of stiff. It's a little weird. Yeah, like, it's fine. not quite right. <laughs> um, and his eyes go dim. Yes. I sneak out of the bed. Sure. Torrin, it worked. I figured it out. It's a little weird, but at least I can turn him off. Let's go quick. <laughs> we go downstairs. Everyone sits down for lunch. There's like 25, 26 of you. Sure. It's the, it's basically, this is a dining hall. I was going to say, I'm picturing a long table. Yep. Is that, is a couple, one, a couple, a couple of, long tables. Yep. Okay. Um, the, Viking style. Yep. Sort the of older stuff. kids are helping the younger kids eat that cool. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I like that vibe. Everybody's really happy. Everybody, you know, it's good food. There's good roast meat and there's vegetables and fruit. Oh, Torin vegetables. And there's vegetables and fruit. And lots of dessert, and it's great. You love dessert and vegetables. Don't patronize me. I take all the vegetables. There's a pounding at the door. Huh? An urgent, rapid pounding at the front door. And Lenora, like, half stands up like she's going to get it, and Daisy, put, like, puts a hand... You can't... I. You're not sitting near them. Uh, you don't hear it, but, you know, you sort of get the impression of, like... We'll let the NPCs take care of this uh, Yes, one. the NPCs will take care of this. She. You get the impression that she's just like, no, 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 I got it, you eat. She's got Harry, the baby, wrapped in the rabbit skin, slung with a long piece of cloth to her broad chest. And she goes and opens the door... And there are two people standing there whom neither of you have ever seen before. One of them is, a, is the shortest elf that you have ever seen. She is about five feet tall. For the folks at home, if you want to Google the Bollywood actress Rani Muthkirji, that's what she looks like. She has light brown skin and long elf ears. It's like she's a different genre. I'm going to call it genre of elf that you've <laughs> okay. ever seen. Like 
Like Jordan is a high elf, but like his ears aren't this long. She has, they are long. Okay. Like elf ears from Lord of the Rings are like a, a inch longer than a human ear. Yeah. Like not, not enormously long. Right. This person has rabbit elf ears. Like, yes. Okay. They're sticking out. They're sticking out. They're, okay. they're, they're stiff. Okay. So unlike wow. okay. a rabbit, her hair is maroon. It is very long. She has um, a cloth draped over her head, um, and she is in beautifully trimmed but very practical winter traveling garb. The person standing behind her is a very dark-skinned elf who I used the face of Chadwick Boseman for. He is very tall in comparison. He's more what you would expect from like a high elf. He's okay. he's very, you know, very elegant, very beautiful. He has sort of the shorter ears. His face is bloodied. Oh. He has been bandaged, but there is a long, clearly what has been a long cut that runs over his nose and has been hastily bandaged and it's bleeding through. He's hunched over, and you're not sure if it's from pain or a wound. Um, she's sort of covering over half his body as she stands before him in the doorway, so it's hard to get a read. It might be that he's just a tall person who stands that way. <laughs> and he has a hood over his head and long black hair that he wears in um, dreadlocks that comes down to well past where you can see like they they presumably go to um, rib length. He's beautiful. The room sort of falls quiet. Like the kids are still talking, but like the older people in the in the room, it's quiet enough where you can hear now this exchange. And the person, the uh, the short elf, female elf in front, says, "Daisy, we need your help. We need sanctuary. It's happening again." And Daisy looks at them and sort of backs up a couple of steps as if struck by her words and says, that that's impossible. 